0: Good? All right. Well, welcome to Hillside Community Church. People sitting in different seats today. It's good to see. Welcome online. Glad to see everybody here today. And we're excited that we're able to continue to do this. And we will continue to be meeting in person. And we're going to continue to do church, even in the midst of everything going on in and around us. We do believe that this is incredibly important for us to make sure we continue to teach, to worship. To gather and be part of what God's doing around this world. It's um, seen as an opportunity for us to continue to show people what it looks like to worship God even when things are a little bit wonky in life. So thank you for being here. A couple of announcements to make. um, I really encourage you to go to the website. We've got a lot of announcements this week. We're collecting boxes for Operation Christmas Child this week. You can go there to the website. connect and news section of our website. And on there, you're gonna be able to see all of the different things that are going on this week. The drop off times, we will have a trailer outside here where people can bring by their boxes and drop off their boxes. So make sure you go to the website. We're really working hard knowing that everything we're doing right now is kind of virtual. That's the place and it is being updated on a regular basis. there's also gonna be some ways that we can support our missionaries in the coming months. So make sure you go there. You can see exactly what all of that looks like. And then secondly, if you've got the Bible app, we will be using the Bible app, continuing to move forward. We put announcements on there. We also put the sermon on there. So it's that virtual bulletin that you can pull up and you can take notes within it. If you don't know where that's at, go to the website again. And on the website where it says sermons up top, just click there. And I've put a link there and you can click that. And it'll take you straight to the Bible app and today's sermon. So make sure you do all that. Any questions about technology, just let me know. Email me in the week, and we'll walk you through how to find everything. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for today and being able to show up here and worship you. God, I pray that through the power of your Holy Spirit you'd be present today, that you would move our hearts towards you, that wherever we're at, whatever our week has looked like, whatever things that we're going through that this morning would be a time where we remember you where we're able to circle back around and remember that we're part of your family and if you're watching today or here today and you don't know what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus, Holy Spirit I pray that you would reveal that to to those hearts that those people would take steps towards you as well to finding what it truly looks like to be part of God's family pray all these things in your name. Amen.
1: Amen.
2: Let's worship. I'll wait will come confess and know that you are
0: I forgot I even had my mask on, so that's how much we're wearing them now, right? Well, it's good to see everyone here today. Some new faces. Hi. I'm looking at him in the middle of the Ortiz family. Yeah, right. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you guys are all here today uh, I'm excited to hop back in to our series of Wisdom for Right Living and we're just going to continue to go on this and just digging into scripture and really looking at topics that are relevant to what we're dealing with today just relevant with all the stuff that's going through our lives and it's funny you know community right now is it's wonky like it just isn't normal right now so um, Church is a tough place anyways to get connected, to get involved with, to find your place in your role. And then you put on top of that months and months of isolation and COVID and stuff, and it's even harder. Like, I know we've got new people that have even started coming here since then. I'm like, I get it. It's tough. But we're going to dig in today, and we're going to do it in such a way that hopefully we, we look at what a good community should be what a bad community might look like. And I've been part of both. I mean, I'm, I'm a pretty communal guy. I like doing life with people. I think that for me, that's just my makeup. There are some people that in this COVID season have been like, sweet, I don't have to do community. And now I actually have an excuse for it, right? And they're like, I don't have to talk to people or see people. But yet on both ends of it, and making sure that you look back and you recognize what have been some of those good communities and why have they been good? We're going to dig into that a little bit, but, but around that, just making sure we understand the biblical importance of one surrounding ourselves with a group of people so that it can benefit us, but also so that we can be part of the benefiting of others. So looking back, last week we dug into justice, and we tackled some, I think, pretty hefty issues. I, I think I got more emails this week than I've gotten in a long time. Um, a lot of them were just really encouraging. Some were like, hey, you should probably hit this next time. And I'm like, this is not a next time kind of thing. <laughs> we, we, we dug in deep and we addressed some stuff. We're not gonna go into a sociology class on unpacking all of the different biases that exist in our world. But what we wanted to do is just make sure we understood that there are some implicit things that exist in us, some, some biases that we do carry with us that aren't our fault. But to recognize what those might look like to also recognize that sometimes even in the christian journey we come at things with this deserving mentality like i deserve things or i'm entitled to things the toughest was then to see how the lord sees us how we see ourselves and then how we're supposed to see other people i was talking with edmund toy this week and this was what really stuck out to him just this concept for him that that said you know what really what God's saying is that we're supposed to make other people's problems our problems. And I was like, yeah, but, because there's a lot of problems I don't want to make my own based upon what other people have done. And I started really wrestling with that. And I was like, well, I struggle sometimes, and I was talking with folks this week, like even driving around and seeing people on the corner asking for money, sometimes, just being honest, I'll think in my head, just go get a job. I wrestle with, well, how do I interact with people's problems? And what if people's problems were decisions that they made, like that's, that got them into that because of a sinful choice that they made? And then the Lord said, well, good thing I didn't approach you that way. And I was like, yeah, that's a good point. You know, so the Lord has come and approached us that even while we're sinners— He still reached into our lives. He still chose to be part and to make our problems, his problems. And that's what he's asking us to do as we move through this. And just this verse, which I think is going to lead us into where we study today a little bit more, making sure that we are acting justly, that we're loving, mercifully, and we're really walking humbly with our God. That now takes us into, what does that look like a little bit more? So when we start talking about community, I want us to recognize this verse in Micah 6 that just challenges us all to really consider what does that look like? The battle is here though. The battle is ferocious and it is debilitating. So when I'm looking around um, in our society right now, I, I looked at some studies and three in five American adults, this was a recent study, are lonely. Three and five, so look around this room, you take different chunks. There's a large part of our world and our society that are lonely. Now, if you put social media on top of that and an increased amount of social media use, that increases your odds by 30, or 73% of being more lonely. It's a lot. Since 2018, just the feeling of loneliness has increased by 13%. And then they looked at Gen Gen Zers, which are the ages of 18 to 22. And they are the most lonely. They're the ones that identify loneliness because of isolation that they're creating because they don't have a typical social structure. And here's the kicker with this study. It was done in January. (laughs) So the conclusions came out even before we were facing all the things that we've been facing since March. So you can only imagine right now that those studies, that isolation, that loneliness is predominant. I read last night that in Japan alone, suicide in the month of October in Japan outnumbered all of the deaths that they've incurred through all of the COVID crisis. So in one month, the Japanese are feeling isolated and lonely, and they have chosen to go towards suicide which is heartbreaking for me, but it also tells us how important it is for us to make sure that we engage in community. Some of the other battles, judgment, I just mentioned that before, you know, you you judge things. Like you you come to church and I guarantee that there are even judgments upon each other on, uh, that's a bigger problem, I don't know if I really wanna get involved in that mess or maybe someone's personality might not quite jive with our personality. And so there are battles that we face in and around us every day just about engaging in community and they're based out of that bias and that's where we have to be careful and then what is authentic community i think that is a battle as well i think we all desire and we say that we want an authentic community but what is it who gets to define that who gets to build that is it me is that my responsibility or is it ours so the problem is, is sometimes it might get put onto one individual person and we move around thinking, well, what, what does authentic community really mean for me? And I think that that's part of what we're going to s- discover today. So for our wisdom topic, it is going to be community. The ways that we treat each other, the ways that we interact, the ways that we need to be aware of what's going on around us. I think now more than ever, ever in our lives, the consequences are incredibly high. So, because of that, let's lean into the original design that was created by God to help us be who He's wanted us to be. He has all along, if you look through all scripture, all the way back to Genesis, community is a huge component of it. Isolation's dangerous, loneliness is dangerous. You've got to do it together, right? And in those times when things might look the most bleak, if you don't have people around you to lift you up, you might not be lifted up. And so in that, let's lean into what God has designed it for so that we can be both physically, emotionally, psychologically, and spiritually well. So the verse today that really gets me is Philippians 2.5. And it just says, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset of Christ Jesus. Don't walk through life seeing things any way other than how Christ sees them. As far as it depends on you, when you interact with each other, have Christ's mindset. So back um, when I was newly married to my wife, i might have even been when we were dating still, but I saw Coach McCartney. Coach McCartney um, was the guy that started Promise Keepers, and he was speaking at Colorado Christian University. He was telling us this story about for so long he had seen his wife through the wrong kinds of eyes. And because of that, she lived in a very pushed down, beat down kind of way. And it wasn't until he was approached by people around him, helping him see that he was seeing his wife through kind of a degrading lens that he then changed. He then started to make it his very most highest priority effort to see his wife through Christ's eyes, to highlight the wonderful things within her, to expose the beauty of how God had created her. And he's like, it was like in a year, there was a transformation in my wife. She went from not being involved, to not engaging, to not really speaking, to not having a voice, to becoming this incredible leader within the movement of what Promise Keepers was doing. She spoke up, she started gathering wives and leading people, and he attributes it back to the fact that he took this, He developed the same mindset of Christ Jesus as he saw his wife. And I think that's really valuable, because when we go through church, that's how we have to start seeing people. Wouldn't it be awful if all we saw was the junk and things we didn't like about people and the frustrations we had with them? How awful would that be if people saw us that way? I know for me, I love it when I'm around people that are gracious, merciful, and kind, and they see the good stuff. They see the positive. Now, they're going to be honest with me when there's things going on that need correction, but they're going to point out. They're going to point out what God has created in and through me. So, God's purpose statement is found in these verses Hebrews 10. Let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good deeds, not neglecting the meeting together, as some of you are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. So, to stir each other up, to not neglect getting together. And that'd be really easy to do right now. We've got gobs of excuses. But as Mike said and Katie said a couple of weeks ago, you, know, you, you think the framework of when this verse was written, people were trying to kill Christians. Like, like kill them. And, and, and we're in a place where we still get to gather. Nobody is like physically trying to kill us right now. There are a lot of things coming against us. But even in that, we've got to be creative. It might not look just like this. But figure out how to engage and continue to be together. Corinthians, make sure that there is no division within you. You are all now part of the same unit. You're part of the same body. When one part suffers, all should suffer. When one part is honored, all should rejoice at it. But how easy is it to look around and be like, yeah, that, that guy deserved that. That guy had that coming. Right? And we don't mourn with him. We, we kind of rejoice a little bit and say, I'm glad that that's not me. You guys ever said that? Glad that's not me. That's actually rejoicing when someone's mourning. So the, the engagement is, how do I make that individual's problem my problem and mourn with them? But also on the flip side, sometimes we look around and we're like, man, that guy gets all the credit. How dare he? Well, we've also got to be able to honor those who are being honored. There are gobs of different places out there and positions within this church. We need to make sure that we continue to devote ourselves to teaching, fellowship, communion and prayer. We need to make sure that we are sharpening each other. There is a component here that God says that we are the mechanism of sharpness. And you need to be sharpened by each other, but also you gotta ask yourself, the question: are you sharpening? Are, Are you actually involved in sharpening the people around you? And then finally in John, it says, to love one another as Christ has loved you, which goes back to the original intent of what we're talking about in Philippians. Just love the people around you in the way Christ has loved you, which takes an honest reflection of what Christ has really done in your world. So a lot of times you'll hear these verses and you'll kind of go into a church environment. You'll start asking the questions on um, productivity of a church. Like you come into an environment and you're like, okay, let's gauge how good this place is. How, how well could this church feed me? How well could this church um, provide for me and it, it doesn't matter if this is your first time I mean I hope you've been here a couple of weeks you start looking around you start asking yourself that question like is this church gonna really do for me what I require it to do you could be asking that today even if you've been here for I don't know how long you've been here Jeff 20 years it's a question that you can ask whether it's your first week or you've been here 20 years and I think that that's part of what we do with church we approach it with a consumer mentality we kind of gauge the Christian experience and we look through it and we ask, well, is it going to be good today? Like showing up here today, man, I hope Micah really does good today. I really hope Micah doesn't like, mess us up and really does worship good. I'm just kidding. You did great. But we come to church sometimes just like we're going to a movie theater. I hope I'm entertained. I hope this feeds me in the way that I want to be fed. I'm going to challenge us on that a little bit. I'm gonna challenge us with a new approach. As As we move into this to ask the question, instead of what will this church do for me, how can I be here and be an influencer in this community? How can I contribute? And is this an environment where I can truly stretch out, explore, build, and encourage others, and really participate? That's what you should be asking. I mean, my job as a pastor is to equip you to do God's work not to do God's work. I'm up here to direct you, to show you so that you can go out and be engaged in the community. Like in the middle of COVID right now, the the contributing factors that you gotta start asking yourself is not how many times has the pastor called me to make sure I'm doing okay, but how many times have I called people in this congregation to make sure they're doing okay? How many times have you reached out? How many times have you moved beyond what you see church to be to truly engage in the people around you? I guarantee you that this is a place where you can stretch your wings. That's one of the things that Gus and Michelle have created here for us. And it's kind of weird. Like, you look around at this small little church, and the impact that goes on in and through this church is tremendous. From neighborhood rehab projects to chaplain's programs to things we're doing around the world, we are a hub for opportunity. And I believe that that is what God wants to continue to use Hillside as a place where we can truly participate and give to be part of what God's doing rather than just coming and sitting and going, oh man, I hope I get something out of this today. I, I, I hope that the pastor really feeds me today, which is important. I mean, you gotta come here and be fed. Like, if this really sucks, you probably should go somewhere else. Um, but on the same hand, ask yourself the right questions. Are you getting what you need to? So that you can be who god wants you to be in the midst of this community so in that how do we move forward how do we move into this place where we're really engaging the way that we want to be engaging i think there's a few things that you've got to be certain of first and foremost what part of the family are you in like what what does your family structure really look like to you and I think it's important because a lot of times we like to define what we think our family looks like. Like we want to define it in a way where we are setting the expectations. It's important to know that we're part of God's family and that God is the one that sets these expectations and not us. So, being part of God's family, there's some ways that God wants to run his family. He says it very clearly that we are part of his family. In Romans 8, we are his children. We are part and heirs. what Christ has brought to us. First John, we are his children. Be his children. Romans 8, we are children of the promise that God has provided for us, even stretching all the way back to when he was interacting with Abraham. So I show you these verses to just say, be clear that you're part of God's family and understand that our father, the head of the house, has expectations and he has values for us. He has a desire of how he wants us to interact and how he wants us to treat each other, as with any family. So I, I laugh like Sam's moved back in to our home for the last couple of months. It's been great. But even last night, I'm watching him and his sister interact and fight, and not fight, but just do their brotherly, sisterly things. And I looked at Trish, and I was just like, yep, that's, that's a brother. Yep, that's a sister. But even in that, I have expectations of how they interact. And if they interact inappropriately, I'm going to speak up. Because I'm, I'm, I'm the father of the house, and Trisha's the mother, and we desire things within our home to run a certain way. If you've been in our home and watched us around our kids, you know that. I mean, Micah's lived with us for a long period of time, and, and, and that's just our expectation. We call ourselves Team Shive, and we've got values around who we are. The same is true for God. God is our father, and we are part of his household. And because of that, he's the one that defines our interaction. And he's the one that, through these verses, is telling us how he wants us to engage with each other. Not based upon what we think, but based upon what he thinks. And what he wants us to have is a mindset that is similar to that of Christ Jesus. Now, we could spend months breaking this down. I mean, the characteristics of this, the verses that I discovered having to sift through like which five or six verses out of the 30 or 40 that very specifically talk about this is relevant. I mean, we could, but I'm just going to highlight five of them. I'm going to highlight five values that I think are important and they're opportunities for us to explore ourselves and really how we're engaging within the family. And it's tough. So I'm just saying church life is like family life. It is not always easy. Um, Trish and I always, you know, Holidays are coming up. I don't know what they're going to look like this year. They could look really different. Um, I don't, I've talked to people. like They might not be spending time with relatives. But let's go back a year to when we had the holidays in a normal fashion. When you're preparing for the holidays, a lot of times there's usually one or two people who are preparing everything. They're the ones who are making the plans. They're the ones that are going shopping. They're the ones that are cooking, setting tables, decorating, organizing. And then they're probably the ones that are cleaning up. Well, the rest of the crew is either watching football or just chilling out or taking a nap. And, and that's kind of the church family too. And What I want to encourage you to do is just like if you were that one or two people that were doing all those things, you'd probably look around and say, why don't, why don't you come help a little bit? There's actually some dishes here that you have the opportunity to clean. So in the church family, just like any other family, we're going to look at each other and be like, come on, stop putting that bowl in the sink, clean it, put it in the dishwasher. All of those things are the same things that God might be saying to us as we participate in this family. And to be able to understand what that looks like, I think is just important. So values. Um, Devoted followers of our Lord Jesus Christ, committed to each other, generous, being joyful and having fellowship in a shared and common purpose. These are the values, but here's how I want you to ask yourself these questions. First one, am I setting an example of being a devoted follower of Jesus? So you could look at a Christian community and you could wonder whether or not it is that. But what I want you to ask yourself today are, are you contributing to and participating in being an example of what a truly devoted follower of Jesus Christ looks like? And would the people around you agree? Would the people around you and in this congregation know you and be able to say yes to that? Or would they say, I don't know? So that's the gauge that you get to ask for yourself. Are you participating in this community in a way Are you participating in your family in a way, with your wife, with your husband, with your children, in a way that they're going to be able to say, yeah, these are values that I see in you. Would they agree to that? Now, again, next one. Do people know that I am committed to them? Like I'm someone that can actually be counted on. So when you look around, it's easy to say, would this community serve me if I were in need? What I want you to ask yourself are, are you someone that you believe this community sees as a committed member? Like, would they look to you and be like, oh yeah, Jeff's a great example. If there's something around this church that needs to be fixed or taken care of, if I call him, it's being worked on within a day or two. The guy's committed. Why do I know that? Because that's the example that he set over 20 years. I can trust that he is committed. Are you that kind of person? Like in this community, do you know that people look at you and feel as if you are committed to them? Or or are you only worried about whether they're committed to you? Would I consider myself more generous or someone that wants, takes, and expects? So that's that's a big one in the community too, right? Especially in your family. When you look around, like, are you a generous person? When people see you in such a way that they know that they come to you, or you had needs, you're actually going to engage and help. Am I contributing to the joy and fellowship of this community? It's a big question. Are you helping to move us towards a joyful experience? Considering all things pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when we encounter life, when people look at you and they're like, I like hanging out with that guy. Because when I leave, I feel a sense of God's pleasure and joy and fellowship. Or when I hang out with that guy, man, I just always feel pretty, pretty rough. I get frustrated because all I hear is complaining. Who are you in that mix? And then finally, are we part of a shared resource and common purpose? Now, that's a big one. But in this community, as we continue to reach out and go in and around the world, do you know what our shared purpose is? And if you don't, it's okay. But maybe you might be part of creating that shared purpose. You might be part of creating that vision for something that flows out of this church that impacts not just here, but this community in the world. And here's how it looks. So when you're thinking like, okay, great values, but how does it look? Well, it looks like this. As you're reading through this, there's two groups I want you to think of. And it's not an us-them kind of thing. It's just the terminology that I'm gonna use. There are people that are part of the family and people that aren't. People that are part of the family are those who have repented, believe that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, died on the cross for their sins, and they follow Jesus. Like they wake up in the morning, God's, Jesus is my Lord. There are those in this world that don't. And those that don't are not part of God's family yet. Yes, they are his creation. They're created in his image. Just like last week, we're to honor them and treat them respectfully, with love, but they're not part of the family. Boy, it would be nice to invite them for dinner, right? So they could be part of the family. So as we're going through this, we should rejoice and mourn with each other. We should be so close to each other that when someone's hurting, we mourn with them. When someone's celebrating, we celebrate with them. We're to love others as ourselves. So in order to do that, you gotta be able to love yourself. You gotta know who you are and look around and say, you know what? I want to treat people the way that I would want to be treated myself. If I were in this mess, what would I need? What would I want? What would my heart desire? And then reach out to people that way. Don't judge them. Don't tear them down. But how would you want to be interacted with? Bearing each other's burdens. Well, first you've got to know what those burdens are. And here's the thing that I think is important. Um, I would like for you to guess what my burdens are. Does anyone here know? Some of you do. Some of you know my day-to-day burdens. But, hey, guess. Now I want you to tell me. Tyson, if you've got burdens, I need to know. I'm not going to be able to guess them, dude. I need for you to tell me what there are so that I can share your burdens. Don't just assume I'm going to know it. And that's what the family should do. That's what we in this community should do. If you've got things that are going on, reach out and let us know. Don't walk in here for four weeks and go, No one is caring about my burdens. I don't know what they are. Share them with each other. Speak them out. Give us an opportunity to bear your burdens together. Value others above yourself. Look at the interests of others and do that in humility. Like it's talking here like, don't be conceited. Like honestly, if people actually knew what you thought and did, it would be probably a little disturbing, right? I mean, think about it, everybody in this room has stuff that we think about, that we do, that no one knows about. So don't be conceited in the way that you see yourself. Be humble and approach others with humility. Look at their interests and above all love others as Christ has loved you. This is difficult, I'm not saying it's easy. Churches can be messy and I believe that they actually should be. I think that we should move through our messes together. We might get angry with each other. We might disagree with each other, just like a family. But what do you do? You come together and you resolve it. You come together and you move closer because of it. I'm going to say things that you don't agree with or don't understand. Come to me. Let's process it. Let's understand it together. Because what ends up happening is if you don't, you don't give God the opportunity to truly grow you and mature you and to feed, feed you in the right kinds of ways. So everybody is needed. So this is why is this important? I share all of this just to say that you are valuable. Every single one of you sitting in this room and every single one of you watching online, you are valuable. You have a role in this community. People need you to rise up and be who you've been created to be. Don't hide away your uniquely precious giftings from this family. So I look at my time here at Hillside, it's not always been easy, but it has been the most spirit-forming moments of my life. Like, I see the journey that we've gone through, and it's, it's encouraged me in ways that I don't think I ever would have been encouraged. And I, I came from a world where I was, I was traveling every month, I was going to far-off places, and I thought that that was what was cool. And then God's bringing me to this little bitty church in this little bitty kind of... Cowtown, Golden, Colorado 20 years ago. I'm like, what do they know there? And I approached it in a conceited kind of way. I didn't really understand what it could look like. And I think that we can do that wherever we come from. We can misunderstand what it looks like. But I encourage you in the midst of this journey today to ask yourself that question. How can I contribute to this community? How can I be more involved in making sure that we are the community that God wants us to be? So as I'm we're going to transition into Gus, Sharon for a minute. But th- when I look back over our time, the reason we've been able to get to this place together is because Gus and Michelle have led us in a way that truly paints the picture of what authentic community looks like. I was always coming out of an environment of performance, like do, 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 get it done, make it look good, make sure everybody feels good about it. And I came here and Gus really challenged my character. So, you know, God is actually more concerned that people trust you, that people can depend on you, that you can move through life in in, in a way that your character and your integrity is sound. And I make mistakes. You you can ask my wife and my son and my daughter. I'm not a perfect man. But in that, Gus has shown me what it looks like to do true community, to truly bear each other's burdens and to move in a way that's valuable. And as we're moving forward, those things aren't going to change around here. And we're going to continue to be about that. And I want you as a congregation to be assured that we are a family um, that is moving to make sure that we're about God's stuff. So I'm going to bring Gus up here, and he's going to share some stuff about what's happening in our world.
1: Morning. Good morning. Hey, before I, we're going to, a video in a moment, and I want to introduce that. I wanted to just, uh, share something that was just kind of touching me as I was sitting here. Micah, just having you lead worship today. You have no idea how awesome that is. Uh, Micah's dad, Mark, and his mom, Amy, you're such a mix of them. It's amazing. Uh, we tragically lost Mark about seven years ago, and Mark was a worship leader, just a devoted, Amazing guy, and I get a chance to meet with Micah pretty much every week. We have a small group, and he's a lot like his dad. And just, you are just a, just an amazing guy, such a wonderful Christian young man. I, I'm so glad we get this journey together. But having you lead worship today, what a gift that is to me. So thanks for being you there, buddy. Uh, early this year at our business meeting, I made some comments, we made some comments as leaders, and we said, things are going to transition in this church. Some things are going to change. My position is going to change. Uh, at that point, we didn't know when or who or what was going to go on, and we really didn't. We, in fact, we had people come to us and say, well, what are you talking about? We said, well, we don't know. <laughs> We're really good at that around here. We don't know. <laughs> we just said, God's leading us, and we want to do that. Well, now we know who, and now we know when. So I am gonna step down from the lead pastor position and Kevin is gonna step into my position, um, which is really exciting to me. I had Kevin as a student 30 years ago at the university, which is just crazy when we can look back. And then he became like a leader on campus and we've been able to journey through so many things together. It's so awesome when we talk about family this is a close brother. This isn't just somebody who's taken it. When I say when, I think in many ways, it's already taken place. I think COVID has really forced us into a season that's been really different for us here as leaders also. And I have so appreciated Kevin's leadership in this process. Just sharing, leading, we leading, it's been awesome. Uh, and this has been God's plan. In fact, it wasn't at that point in January. We, had, we didn't know who it would be. I mean, we had some ideas, we were praying, we were trying to figure out schedules, we were trying to see what God had planned. Uh, I am gonna continue on staff here full time, uh, and I'm gonna just be a different part of the family. And uh, so this video kind of gives you answers to some of your questions. We think it'll probably still leave you confused, <laughs> which do a great job of around out here. But what's so awesome about it, Kevin and I kind of put it together the other day, and, and uh, it was just special to do it together. And we just kind of, you know, did it, so it'll probably feel like family here. But uh, if there are questions, concerns, whatever, we are here, and we're gonna continue to be here to answer those questions, so. We wanted to share with you some kind of exciting things going on around here. Uh, A transition. Uh, Over two years ago I felt like God was just leading me to move out of the lead pastor position. We've been praying about it with the elders, discussing it. Uh, At this point Kevin is going to take that role, which I'm thrilled about uh, because he's the best person for that position. Somebody I respect and love and appreciate. Um, This is something that I have initiated I will continue to be on staff full-time, and at this point, we're gonna discuss a little bit more what that might look like.
0: Thanks, Gus. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So some of the questions we've been hearing are, are you still gonna be involved in leadership and decisions on the elder board? Yes,
1: I will continue to be involved with the leadership and the elders and making the decisions in the church and really continue to allow the vision to continue as God plans it, yes. That's
0: great. So Gus, some of the other questions are we we've been preaching here for 20 years. You've been leading this congregation from the pulpit and many people don't want to lose that. And will you still be able to preach and how do you see that looking in the future?
1: I plan on continuing to preach. Uh, I'm excited to see Kevin take a, a stronger role in that, which he has. Uh, but yes, I will continue to have a voice in the pulpit, which I'm excited about.
0: So so Gus, you're, uh, you've got two, two girls and families living in Indiana now. And some people have asked, are you moving to Indiana?
1: And my answer to that has been, uh, we feel like God has us here indefinitely. And as much as we love being out there, we get a chance to be out there quite a bit. Uh, until God says move there, we're planning to be at Hills.
0: So share a little bit about just your vision and how you'd like to see baton passed? Like, what does that look like and feel like for you?
1: Well, I think it's one thing when God's putting something in our hearts to do, which He has, but I think the baton's already been passed in many ways, how God has worked it out. I'd still like to do an official ceremony to just show that this is all about what God's doing, and not what we're doing.
0: So one of our additional concerns as we're going through this is we want to make sure that we really take care of Gus and Michelle. Uh, They've been involved here at this church for over 21 years, and that's a long time. Uh, They've created a culture here that's valuable to us. They've mentored, they've discipled, uh, not just me, but many people in this congregation. And So some of our concerns too, Gus, is like, where do you see Michelle fitting in this? How is she doing with this transition?
1: I think she's doing really pretty well. She has really taken ownership of the coffee shop and that has really become a ministry to her. And I think it's really a chance for us to serve in some different ways together. I think both of us are excited about that transition. It's been a process and I think we both came to a point where we just feel like this is God's will and uh, she's in a good place with it.
0: Yeah, I think part of what we've been talking about, some of what's exciting in looking forward is to be able to free Gus and Michelle up, to just continue to be maybe in some new places, some fresh places that would continue to grow this congregation not just in numbers, but in depth. You know, one of their skills, obviously if you know Michelle, her, her gifting is hospitality. And so hopefully this will be something that frees her to be even more involved in that. But also for you too. I know that you're, you're looking at ways of even connecting in this community. Gus has been meeting with pastors in this community for a long time and discipling them. I don't know that the congregation really even knows that you do that. Can you share a little bit more like what, what the prayer times look like and your involvement with the Together Church?
1: We have been meeting for 15 plus years a lot of it's just been becoming the Church of Golden that we would really have a chance to let Jesus be the focus of our faith and our our direction. I want to do that more intentionally. I met with a professor yesterday at Mines that's just a, a dear friend now and he just really wants encouragement, mentoring. Um, but, but on a personal note, I really want to be more intentional about mentoring and being involved with the leaders of our church and their families I mean, to me that right now i feel like we've done a good job over the years but there's going to be more time to be with your families and uh, in that process
0: gus some of the things that we've heard and i know you've even shared this concept of what this looks like and you've referred to being the grandfather and you are actually a grandfather but that's an interesting role i think people don't realize this in most churches when a senior pastor moves Uh, they're asked to leave like I don't I don't understand that it doesn't make sense to me to lose all that history and that culture Um, and so as you've been talking about this you've kind of been saying I see myself more like a grandfather can you explain that a little bit
1: you know some years ago as I was thinking about this praying about this I realized that we're a family here just like I have my own family and as I have transitioned out of being the father I had to step back and change my role and so when they had kids, I just loved being a papa or grandpa, which is awesome, but really within the church, I think we often lack grandpas. We, we, we lack that kind of role where somebody's really involved in your life, but I'm no longer the father. And that feels really comfortable to me. So yeah, that's kind of how we'd apply it here at Elside House.
0: That's great. That helps me, because I, I, I've valued my grandparents so much. And- one of the things that's, I think, important for us all to realize is Gus and Michelle will continue to be here. Their their voice, their influence will be involved, not just on our elders team, but our leadership team, and will flow through who we are in the coming months and years to come. And so I think that's exciting, but we want you to understand that. I mean, a lot of times changes come and people uh, become nervous and unsure. You know, there's a lot of things we're pretty excited about, and I, I think for Gus, too, there's an excitement about what this next season looks like. So. If you've got questions, if you wanna know what's going on, feel free, call me, call Gus. Uh, This is open to everybody's conversation, all the elders and wives and leadership team and even our deacons team has been aware and been made part of this process and part of this conversation. So this isn't just you and me trying to scheme things out. It's a lot of people and it's taken us a lot of time to get to the point that we're at and we're excited where we're at and moving forward. Amen. Amen. Uh, serious face, serious face. So that's a lot of where we're heading. um any last thoughts? Don't screw it up.
2: <laughs> that's awesome. Look forward to having Grandpa Gus at the Hillside Community church. Let's continue with some worship. Still and know that the Lord is in control. Be still, my soul. Stand and watch this giant. Let's stand. I'd rather be No place I'd rather be No place I'd rather be Here in your love Here in your love No place I'd rather be No place I'd souls that we can't contain that we can't control we want more of you God we want more of you God all right hillside as we go up this week let's start looking at other people other believers and just people around us like Jesus sees us and who God made them to be um it can be difficult sometimes but let's just seek the Lord in that and go out and really love people and make a difference. You are dismissed. Have a great day, guys.